On today's Locked On Texan podcast, we dive into a lot of mock drafts that have a tackle being selected number three overall, and we hear from another NFL prospect. But before we dive into the conversation, Cody, start this Wednesday episode off right. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to a Wednesday edition of the Locked On Texan Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by Blue Now. This Mother's Day, give your mom something she will treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNow.com and Locked On Sports listeners. Get $50 off $500 or more. Use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. Cody, we have a very exciting show today. Here mm-hmm. from another TSU Tiger. Boy, the TSU Tigers are have an opportunity to do something they have not done in a very long time. And not only for that university, but for HBCUs. Uh, get drafted this year in the NFL, where I think this is a great year uh, due to COVID restrictions and teams uh, having an opportunity to really do a much better job with scouting. So uh, we had Michael Beta Joe on last week. Now we will have Jonathan Giles of the TSU Tigers on today's episode. But before we dive into that, Cody, uh, and, and shout out to Sarah McCoy, who is always in the YouTube comments. She's been going back and forth between uh, whether it had be uh, Evan Neal or Iki Kwanu, but she wants a tackle with the number three overall pick. I've seen a lot of NFL mock drafts, whether that be from the top guys like Todd McShay or, you know, at the local level where they are really big on drafting a tackle with the number three overall pick in Evan Neal or Iki Kwanu. And I'll just go ahead and say this, and I'll pass it over to you. I don't think that drafting a tackle at number three is the right decision to do. Hell no. And another person you forgot to mention, and he did an awesome job here on this show. We had him on Monday. You got Austin Gale from Austin Pro Gale. Football Focus. And, you know, I love the interview – but I just do not see the Texans taking a tackle with their top overall pick because, look, first and foremost, I, I, I don't know if everyone understands that the Houston Texans, they are already set at their tackle positions. You have Laramie Tunsil, who is arguably, if not the best left tackle in the game, and you also have Titus Howard, who I'm going to just go out on the limb and say is one of the most underrated tackles in the game. And yeah, I understand Titus Howard did not look so great for a majority of last season, but that was because they kept switching him all around the offensive line, especially putting him at the guard position, and he is not a guard, he is a tackle. So... I just don't understand everyone's narrative on why the Texans should be so hell-bent on drafting one of one of the tackles. And by the way, this is a great class to get a tackle. Like, Evan Neal is a great prospect, but that would not be in the Texans' best interest with that number three overall pick. Hell, not even at the, not even at the number 13 overall pick in next week's draft. And... 
John, when I when I take a look at the need at the secondary position, when I take a look at the need for uh, the defensive front, there are so many ways the Texans can actually use those top two picks in order to make sure that they nail this draft, which is for the what the 150th time, hmm. one of if not the most important draft in this franchise history. Yeah, and, I, and I'll put it like this. When we look at the tackle prospects, I think they are two great prospects to, uh, you know, bring in, right? Now, Evan Neal, if you draft him, then where would he be going? Right tackle. Uh, same for Icky. If you bring him in, he would be also going to right tackle. And do I think right tackle is the most um, – do I think that position is what the Houston Texans need to fix the most on an offensive line? No, I definitely think it's the guard. Now I've said on this show before, I've also had some mock drafts to where at three, I'm sold on sauce Gardner at 13 is where I would understand if Houston looks to address the guard position, whether that be Zion Johnson or uh green out of Texas A&M who, by the way, I think he's a great athlete that Houston could really benefit from bringing him in and playing him in, in that interior guard position. But overall, you know, I can understand why people would want to draft a tackle, Cody, simply because Houston has not been able to provide a pop or get a push for their quarterbacks or running backs in the last couple of years, right? And so they're traumatized. They, they, they wake up. It's kind of like that Kevin Durant and D-Wade commercial, that Gatorade commercial. Oh, yeah, I remember that. You wake up out your, out your nightmare sweating from a um, from a bad play. So I can totally get that and understand it. But if you really want to look at what Houston can do in this offensive line, hey, listen, I will look at Adarian Kennard later in the draft. And I think he's a player that Houston could benefit drafting maybe day two or day three and sliding him in to kind of help with that interior uh, offensive line position, maybe with the opportunity to play some right tackle. But any of these premier tackles that you're going to draft right now, the reason why overall I wouldn't necessarily look at them at the number three overall pick is because you're going to change their position in a sense. They're not going to be playing left tackle. They will be playing right tackle because you already have Larry Tunsil who is committed so in that sense, go ahead and hey, let, let, let's go ahead and leave Titus Howard out there at right tackle. Hopefully that's what Houston decides to do, and I think that's the smartest decision. And then now you start addressing your interior offensive needs, maybe at 13, maybe in day two or day three of the NFL draft. And even if they do go out and get Iquanu or Neil it's not going to help what they really need on their offensive line, John, like you just mentioned, that all, that interior offensive line. So I, I don't see it. I, I will do want to put this out here, you know, prior to Laramie Tunsil, and he played a big factor in this. Prior to Laramie Tunsil recommitting to the Houston Texans at least for another season, we were on the side, well, at least John was on the side, of drafting an offensive lineman, drafting an offensive tackle with that number three overall pick. But now, since he is back in the equation, like I mentioned, at least for the 2022 season, 
this should be an easy no-brainer for the Houston Texans. Don't worry about a tackle. Go out and get a, a get and draft a position that you really, really need. Mother's Day is coming up, and who doesn't want to be a good son or daughter for their mom? And whether she prefers a statement piece or everyday subtle elegance, BlueNile.com has fine jewelry options for every mom. Shop high-quality classic diamond earrings, elegant tennis bracelets, or gemstone pendant necklaces. Who doesn't want to be a good child? And at BlueNile.com, you can celebrate all of life's special moments from creating the custom engagement ring of her dreams to gifting a classic and timeless jewelry piece, all at the price you won't find at traditional jewelry stores. Looking for fine jewelry but having trouble choosing? Blue Now has jewelry experts on hand 24-7, available via phone or chat to help you find a memorial, memorable gift at every budget. Mark Mother's Day down with something enduring, a classic diamond stud earring, elegant tennis bracelet, or a birthstone pendant. So much more at BlueNow.com. And this Mother's Day, give your mom something special she will treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNow.com and Locked On Sports. Our listeners are getting $50 off, $500 or more. This podcast is exclusive, only good through Mother's Day. Use promo code locked on. That's code locked on. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in a discreet packaging so they won't give anything away of what's inside, keeping that secret safe. Shop stress free and find your forever peace. Go to bluenile.com today. Thanks for making Locked On Texas your first listen every day. Now for a big announcement, starting Thursday, April 28th, tune into the Locked On NFL's Draft Live coverage of the 2022 NFL Draft with all three days of real-time analysis from our extensive lineup of experts and insiders. And for those of you dying to know who your team will take, catch Odyssey and Locked On's NFL Mock Draft Special, hosted by Brian Peacock and former scout Matt Williamson of the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show all week leading up to the very first pick. Welcome back, Locked On Texan fans. And as promised, another NFL draftee hopeful, Jonathan Giles, a player that attended TSU, attended Texas Tech, played with Patrick Mahomes, and we'll get into that. Also spent some time in the SEC over with the TSU, LSU Tigers as well. So uh, he's a Tiger, whether it be SEC or the SWAC. But welcome to the Locked On Texan podcast. Jonathan, how's it going? It's going good, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me on, man. I really, I really, truly appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for having us. Um, you went to Elkins High School, right? Correct. Played quarterback over at Elkins from O City. So I want you to finish this line. Before we get started talking about the process, I want you to finish this rap line. <clears throat> you ready? All right. Slow, loud, and banging all in oh. my trunk. <laughs> Back to <the> love <laughs> Come on, finish that line before we get started. All right, there. come on now. I don't got to finish it. Everybody know. <laughs> I don't know who that is from outside of Texas. That's zero. The most city done. Come on We're now. talking to one of the uh, you know most city duns of sports, Jonathan Giles. I want to ask you a quick question. Let's go ahead and hop into the question. From the Big 12 to the SEC to the SWAT, what lessons have you learned playing in three great conferences? 
Well, first and foremost, all three, especially playing at the SEC level, which is to me is the is the, the best conference in uh, football, is, is being consistent. Uh, you know, everybody is is, is talented. To, to play in the SEC, I mean, you have to be talented. I mean, most of the guys are four and five stars. I mean, the, I've never seen so many second and third stringers that was five stars. And, and so the thing about being there is you have to be consistent. Every single day you have to go out, whether it's practice, game, or even just off the field, whether it's in the rate room, you always have to be consistent in your work ethic and, and, and working hard because, like I said, there's so many five stars behind you that – Anybody can take your spot. So one thing, the main thing I learned from Coach O and Cliff Kingsbury is, is being consistent every day. Mm. Jonathan, speaking of your career, one of your one not not even one of your best season um, took place during the 2016 season when you were still playing for the um, Texas Tech Red Raiders, and um, you finished your finished that season with 1,158 yards, 69 catches, a dozen touchdowns. What was different for you that season? Because that was the year you showcased the ability to be a team's number one wide receiver. Oh man, that that year was 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 magical. Uh, being, I mean, of course, I had Patrick Mahomes, so they made things a, a lot easier having a guy like him who's had so so much success in the NFL. But uh, everything just clicked. Uh, I remember that offseason going into the season. I mean, we used to. I can tell you how many times we used to go out and, and run around, throw the ball, just that connectivity. So. All that, as you can see, paid off uh, throughout the season. And, and like I said, Pat Mahomes is an unbelievable quarterback. So he made a lot of things easier for me. And, and, and so, like like I say, now we still very close. We are keeping contact every now and then. But that season was so magical, man. Uh, and that's, that's something I even still, to this day, watch uh, games. So it was, it was unbelievable. How was it like playing with Pat Mahomes? How, how was that experience? Because you also had an opportunity to catch passes from Joe Burrow. So speak right. about – just in your collegiate career, playing with one of the most talented quarterbacks I think a lot of people has ever seen in Patrick Mahomes, and then when we look at the greatest single season from a quarterback in Joe Burrow, how has that kind of impacted your day-to-day grind as well as a receiver? Oh man, I mean, it, it took me a while to really just sit back and, and think about like I, I play, I play with some NFL stars, uh, going from. Patrick Mahomes, who won a Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP, then going to Joe Burrow, who won the Heisman, who was just in the Super Bowl. And then a lot of people don't mention, you know, don't don't think about it, but I actually played with Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Terrence Marshall. Crazy room of receivers. It's just crazy how how fortunate and blessed I I, I am to be able to to be in the same, not only field, but in the same room as those guys working out every day, practicing. And so I've learned a lot from all those guys. And, And so... It's, it's, it's crazy how my career just I've, I've been surrounded basically all my career by, by NFL stars down today. So it is unbelievable and I'm I'm very thankful for that. When you talk about the wide receiving core that you played with at LSU, you know, you mentioned the quarterbacks that you actually had an opportunity to play alongside with as well. When you see them go on to the NFL and accomplish the things that they were able to accomplish so short in their career, do that give you even more motiv- motivation to go out there starting this year to showcase that, look, <laughs> that's them, but I could also go out there and, and put on a good show on the big stage as well? Oh, yo, absolutely. Uh, it, it's, 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 it gives me very a, a lot of motivation just to see how they 
come from right where I came from, being at LSU and Texas Tech, and then seeing them perform at, at a high level in that field, it, it brings me motivation and, and also hope to just say, like, if they can do it, I can do it, because I was in the same shoes as they were. And so uh, just watching them, like, I, I, don't, I don't think I've missed any Cincinnati Bengals or, or Vikings games. And uh, same thing goes for the Chiefs. I, my, my parents are Chiefs fans, so I, I, we always had them on every Sunday. So uh, just – just seeing how they're having success in the NFL, it brings me hope and joy just because I know I was in the same shoes as them and hopefully to be in the same shoes again as them in the next level. Now, you mentioned your parents and how their Chiefs fans uh, able to find out that your dad was a video coordinator over at TSU, correct? Yes, And correct. that you grew up on that TSU campus and, you know, you kind of always primed and prepped to be a Tiger. Uh, <clears throat> find this great quote that said, your dad worked there, for 21 years as a coordinator. Uh, if he was up there from eight to five, that meant you were up there from eight to five, running around at six years old. Uh, what has playing at, at TSU meant for you uh, and your family? Oh, that's 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 home. Uh, it, it, it was an unbelievable experience or something that I'll never forget. Just because, uh, like I said, my dad was a video coordinator at TSU, so he did all the sports. So. If I was playing on Saturday, he was working on Saturday. So I think through my first couple years in college, being at LSU at Tech, I think he only was able to come to like more four, four or five games in total. Whereas if going to TSU, you know, I would see him at practice, meetings, uh, all the games, and then I'm 30 minutes, 25 minutes away from home. So I got to see my family every single day. So it, it was good to be back at home where it all started. And uh, so I was able to see everybody. Cousins, aunties, everybody was there. So it, it felt good to be able to see them every single day, every single weekend, supposed to, you know, maybe five games out of a season. So it was unbelievable just to have that experience being back at home with TSU. Hmm. Now, I do want, Cody, if you don't mind, I have a quick question. Let's talk about your game a little bit. Are you an inside receiver, outside receiver? Uh, what are some of the aspects of your game that you know if you're out on that field on Sundays now, because that's what we're looking forward to, that – no matter who's in front of you, you'll be able to win those in the trenches battle uh, battles as a receiver. Well, starting off my when I you know, I played quarterback in high school, so when I got to Texas Tech, uh, Coach Eric Morse, my receiver coach, and that it was talks about going to outside. Where eventually it moved me to slot, and I played slot pretty much throughout my whole entire uh, college career. Uh, sometimes the LSU way put me at outside along with at TSU, but majority of the time I'm a slot inside slot receiver who's very good at route running. That's that's one of the main things I pride myself on is, is being able to get open, especially at the next level because it, it's, it's nothing but man-to-man. -man. Basically, it's all you see. So being able to get that separation and, and route running is, is something I pride myself on. Jonathan, um, you are, I think, maybe the third prospect from an HBCU school that we actually had an opportunity to talk to. You already know one guy really well in Michael Badejo. He was actually the first guy that we had an opportunity to do this series with. But Jonathan, for you to go to an HBCU school and to still have NFL teams show interest in you ahead of the NFL draft. How important is it um, for you as someone to come from an HBCU school to still have NFL teams call you? Because I'm pretty sure you all, you know the story by now. Last year, the entire 2021 draft class did not feature a prospect that came from an HBCU. Now this year, it seems like there are a lot of guys that, that, that are giving a fair opportunity this year. Right. And uh, it's crazy because I remember when I first got to TSU, 
a lot of guys was, was just always asked me how was it been at the bigger levels because to their mind it was like well you know I'm coming from HBCU so I'm already behind the ball so I'm trying to, I'm trying to have a good year then leave and go up to the next level uh, you know like the bigger level in college which is we start you're starting to see now especially coming out of HBCUs is guys that they have one good year and then they'll try to you know go to a bigger school just to get that publicity to make it to the next level but I think one of the the main things that helped was Dion. Dion, Dion came in at Jackson State, and then you had uh, Eddie George go at Tennessee, uh, Tennessee State, and those guys have really promoted HBCUs. They 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 shed it, they shining light on HBCUs because we really have some great talent at the HBCU level. So what they're doing is, is unbelievable. I think they play a big part and a big role in what we what we are doing uh, right now. Hmm. Jonathan, you are from Houston. I gotta ask you this question: <laughs> Are you or have you ever been? a fan of the Houston Texans. And I'm going to give you some grace because I understand. And look, you're talking to two guys that's been around this team almost every day over the last two years. But I understand the last two years has been pretty hard. But have you ever been a Texan fan? I have been. I have been a Texan fan. Uh, it, it's crazy because one of my favorite receivers besides Devontae Adams is uh, is D-Hop. And so <laughs> – of course, when you have a favorite uh, guy, you're going to support that team. You just you just naturally going to support that team. So, uh, I have been a, a fan of the Texans over the years, but uh, it, it kind of died down a little bit. <laughs> but it, it ain't nothing like you know hating anything. Like I said, that's a home team, so I'm always have love for them. But uh, it is it, is not the same as it was when D Hop was was on the Texans. Mm, I bet a lot of Texans fans that's watching this right now can attest to that. <laughs> really you're quick, not, you're not in that boat by yourself. Right? <laughs> that's pretty much a lot of Texans fans, and right now they are looking for uh, some hope to to, to believe in right. this franchise, which I think they're going to do a pretty good job in the next two years to get that feel back around that franchise. Right, exactly. Jonathan, last question before getting out of here. I like to ask this question to all prospects. Um, if an NFL scout runs across this podcast and they're listening to you, they're enjoying you, and if you could just make one last pitch to that scout to give them an opportunity to take a chance on you literally in the next nine, ten days or so, what would your final pitch would be? Well, just you'd be uh, taking in a guy who's very humble, uh, who loves the game of football, who loves the game of sports in general, and who just loves to compete. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna grind every single day. He's gonna bring his best effort every single day, no matter what, and and, and just be a, a great guy in the locker room and off the field. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Jonathan Giles of the TSU Tigers here in Houston. Uh, thank you for stopping by today's show. We would definitely like to, for you to promote yourself on you know, Instagram or Twitter, whatever your social media. So whatever, uh, wherever you, we can follow you, please let the people know. Sir, thank you for having me. I, I truly appreciate it. Well, what, what can people follow you on Twitter and uh, Instagram, wherever your social media is? Underscore J Giles uh, Zero. And then on Twitter is uh, underscore Jonathan Giles Zero. Yes, sir. Sounds good. Thank you so much, Jonathan, and good luck, man. We'll be rooting for you. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you again. Thanks for making Locked On Texans your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. 
Welcome in Locked On Texans listeners. What a great conversation we actually just had with Jonathan Giles of the TSU Tigers. Uh, before we get out of here for today's show, a couple of talking points that I think are interesting. Number one, the Pittsburgh Maulers head coach, Kirby Wilson, and the releasing of running back Davion Smith over pizza. <laughs> the pizza gate. Uh, that clip went viral, which, uh, by the way, I, you know, for an organization that I think is trying to, you know, really become solidified, be the real spring football league that I think people want to see. Uh, you know, football is so universal and big now that year-round mm-hmm. football, I think, will become more popular. Uh, got the XFL coming back soon. That's being operated and owned now by The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. And so um, that'll be interesting. But back to uh, and I kind of think that clip going viral may not have, may not do it a, a service. I think it may have did a disservice uh, because of the message it sent did come off like the coach gave a damn about the player. Uh, and, and overall, pizza versus chicken salad. I mean, <laughs> that's always going to win, right? That's pizza versus chicken salad is always going to go in a dub category for pizza. But that happened um, over the weekend. Debo Samuel, he's getting death threats. And by the way, guys, if you're going to be a fan, don't be a fanatic. Don't be a crazed death threat sending, uh, crazy in the comment type of fan. Hey, if the player moves on from your franchise, just love him and respect him for what he did for your franchise, even if you guys came up short. A.J. Brown is also being called a diva, something that I never thought we would see in a sentence. A.J. Brown and diva, death hmm. threats, Debo. I think all of that is crazy and ridiculous, Cody, but do you see Houston maybe kind of poking around a little bit, mm-hmm. trying to figure out whether or not mm-hmm. their next marquee receiver is currently unhappy with their franchise and want to kind of poach them away. There's two ways I'm looking at this, John. First and foremost, I think the Houston Texans have the ammunition to actually go out and execute a trade for both Samuel and Brown. And th- this conversation is more so towards Debo Samuel, only because I highly doubt the Texans will be able to finesse the Tennessee Titans into sending draft picks back in exchange for AJ Brown only because of course they were in the same division Brown being a part of the Tennessee Titans but I will be okay with that because when you take a look at what we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks especially over the past week hearing both Nick Casario and Lovey Smith come out and fully endorse Davis Mills giving him the keys to the franchise in 2022 we have been fans. They've been saying it as well. Other reporters have been saying it as well. If you're going to give the keys to Davis Mills, build a good team, build some weapons around him. And I'm not going to lie, Debo Samuel at 26 years old, coming to the city of Houston, playing alongside Brandon Cook, so he's not going to be, you know, the only receiver out there making moves. And you also got another young buck in, in Nico Collins, and you got a quarterback with a lot of potential. And Davis Mills, I don't know, John. Uh, and look, by the way, this is the best part about all this. 
a competent <laughs> offensive coordinator and Pep Hamilton. I, it, I would like to see it, but my only concern would be after you send those draft picks, once again, Samuel, 26, 26 years old, what would be the financial burden he will bring? Because yeah, the only reason why Samuel and Brown, you know, are so-called on the trade block as of right now is because they're looking for a new contract. Yeah, and um, if we're talking about A.J. Brown, there's no way we can talk about A.J. Brown who plays in the division and mm-hmm. not talk about a new addition to the division in Christian Kirk and the contract he just received. And if I'm A.J. Brown and or if I'm Debo Samuel, I'm looking at that <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? You got what? And then I got this, but I did this, but this is what y'all offer, but this is what he – yeah, man, I ain't taking that. And then I think for Houston, we've we've gone back and forth throughout the free agency period, and I think the consensus idea has been: Will Houston land a marquee big free agent, or mm-hmm. trade for somebody that will be, you know, eventually a big free agent? No, we've already we've always had the conversation of tier two player. Maybe you get a bottom tier one player who, you know, will be on this third contract. But we've been consistently, uh, consistently looking at tier two players. I think this isn't what Houston game plan is for this year. Mm-hmm. Maybe tier one comes in next year where they have a ton of money. But right now, uh, a Debo Samuel or a, an AJ Brown, Houston can't afford that. I don't think so. I, I think they go afford it like money wise, but what I will say, and I'm glad that you did bring that up, um, I think it'll kind of throw a wrench into the rebuilding process. Because I mean, look, if they were to execute a trade for one of these guys, there goes the number three pick, possibly number 13 pick, and whatever the hell else these organizations are gonna ask for. You have Samuel, but you still got holes in your secondary. You have Samuel, but your defensive line, I mean, it's decent, but it could be better. You know, your backfield is still a head scratcher. So, mm, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I would like to see it, but I think this is one of those, you know, you just got to be patient, you know, and just let the rebuilding process play out. I'm glad that you brought that point up, John. Yeah, and I think whatever well, what that number three overall pick won't be up for grabs. Uh, I don't know for for either for Samuel. No, thirteen. I can see Houston. You know, using that as a talking point. Mm-hmm. Number three for a receiver is way too high. But yeah, I guess I see your point. Uh, I, I can see Houston just kind of holding out, like you mentioned. This isn't the necessarily the uh, direction we want to go to. Uh, maybe because they don't want to sink in a lot of money at the receiver position after they just sunk in. A good deal of money at the receiver position to Brandon Cooks, who deserves mm. it. And as much as we've seen them kind of promote and back Davis Mills, hey, this first this next year is very important to whether or not you're gonna fully invest the entire offense in him. You don't want to get one of those receivers where uh, if I'm Debo Samuels, hey man, I don't want to go play for a team that I just have to play with Jimmy Garoppolo, who by the way. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, uh, but it will be interesting to see how that works out. You know, once those players take the name out the bio and take those pictures off their page, 
kind of scrub their social media, you know it's trouble in paradise. Thank you for checking out the Locked On Texan podcast. Make sure you are subscribing to the Locked On Texan podcast on YouTube at Locked On Texans and follow us on Twitter as well. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y, D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.